You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. All right, let's get back to some boring subjects. Understand the risk to our country. Freedom brings people together. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians Network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Welcome to the program. It's great to be back live on a Saturday with my friends Harry and Reinhold. We're so glad that you're here with us. We're going to talk about the Facebook papers and what they knew when they knew it. And uh, should you give your kid a smartphone and meta? More like beta, am I right? And sweet baby rays. Just all of it. So stay tuned. Warning, this show is for adults by semi-adults, so the language is sometimes strong and offensive. Uh, I don't know what I said. Uh. Welcome to the Chris Spangle Show. Our goal is to help you sound smarter while talking to your friends. If you struggle to understand politics, we explain it from an independent libertarian point of view. With all of the irreverence it deserves, we toss out the screaming heads, put people before political parties, and give context to the news to make you think. Now, here's our host, Chris Spangle, a 15-year veteran of politics and media. Welcome back to the program today. Hoping the program goes well. My, uh, I'm in my brand new studio. My cat is currently walking across. Every- Some things don't change when you move to a new place. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Chris Spangle Show. As I said, it's great to be back. There we go. Here's Mitten's tail joining us. Can you please get out of here? I'm trying to do a professional broadcast. These <sighs> stupid cats. Uh, it is great to be back here on Saturday. I'll update you where I've been here in just a second. But first, let's get the gang back together here. Harry Price, how are you doing? Going good, going good. Glad to be back. Yes, it's nice. Uh, you know, your China episode's doing very well to the point that I think we should just make this the Harry Price show. And I, <laughs> I mean, that's basically what it's been for the last month. I haven't been here. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah, Harry Price in the in the occasional Chris Spangle show. That's right. And then uh, Reinhold, how are you? Uh, I'm doing all right. Just I- uh, getting by. Yes, I'll share the wealth here on the video. Just getting by, <laughs> Mr. Just, Optimism. You just scared everybody, and you've uh, put a rating on here. We're going to have to put a rating on the on the podcast now because you did that. You're the anti-Ted Lasso. Have you guys watched Ted Lasso yet on uh, Apple TV? Um, I don't I have Apple TV. Apple. Oh, uh, too, too good, too entertaining, TV. too cheap. What is it? What's wrong with Apple TV? After, well, after seven or eight different streaming uh I just, it's like, no, I can't do another one. I get. I, I, I don't like buying into a walled garden, uh, non-federated services. But I have heard of Ted Lasso. It's chasing me every everywhere. Every show I, I start watching, someone will mention Ted Lasso as a joke. Okay, so here's the thing about Ted Lasso. He is the anti Tony Soprano. So uh, Tony Soprano came along and changed television because it had always kind of been hokey. You know, men had kind of been 
you know, everything was virtues and superheroes. And Tony Soprano was kind of like the Batman of television and basically created this whole genre of the conflicted man, right? The conflicting character of, you know, Breaking Bad and Mad Men. These are men with flaws, deeply flawed men who are also have a streak of good, like Tony Soprano loved animals. Um, Ted Lasso is just wholesome and corny and dad jokey. And, uh, you know, we, I was saying to a coworker a couple of years ago, I go wholesome and dad jokey and corny is about to make a big comeback. It's, it's just a, it's like an optimistic show. It's, uh, it's really good. I really like it, but you know, Reinhold, you are not the Ted Lasso of the show. <laughs> I'm just getting no, by. I, I do get that though, because I've noticed, uh, with, um, the way social media has been lately, I've been, starting to fall more into getting the feeds of the, the wholesome content stuff. Right. So there's yeah. groups on Facebook called wholesome content. You go in and read that. It. It's like, Oh, some nice good news to brighten my day. Some funny things and nice, you know, wholesome things that happen. Mm-hmm. And it, it creates that it cuts down on all the, just the miasma and taint and corruption and everything <laughs> else that's in the, in the news feed. Right. So taint. it's like, Oh, this kind of nice. he said, taint. I know that's, that's a whole wheel of time joke thing that I'm not even going to get into because no one will get it until next month. But I know you're you're real into this wheel of time thing. It's some boomer show I've never heard of before. What is the wheel of time? Uh, Gen X. Uh, the wheel of time <laughs> is a uh, epic fantasy book series that was uh, written in the started in the 90s and was finished in 2013, I believe. There's 15 books in the series. It's all one story. <laughs> it's got 4.4 million words. That sounds exhausting. 90 different POVs. I mean, it's 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 basically Lord of the Rings on super steroids. Yeah, okay. So, uh, yeah, watch Ted Lasso. Watch The Wheel of Time. Uh, there's your suggestions for the day. I apologize that I have not been here live on Saturdays on Facebook and YouTube and Twitter uh, I, I detailed this for patrons. I'll go more into it in that episode for the patrons. Um, long story short, I had COVID and, uh, did not have a great time. <laughs> it was the, uh, the Delta variant is twice as bad as the, the classic, I would say. Um, just total exhaustion. And the, the thing that snapped me out of my exhaustion uh, was moving, and uh, I've been slowly matriculating over to the house that I will share with my future bride. That we're getting married on December fourth in Florida with our immediate families. Um, and basically everything that uh, every major life event that you could have, other than you know divorce, I've had in basically the last two months, and then planning a wedding in the middle of all of it. Setting up a new studio has taken a long time, um, and and just getting back into the groove. Uh, so I apologize for my absence. I thank you for your patience. Thank you to Hody and Trisha and uh, Harry and all the guest hosts who, you know, at least kept something in the feed there for a while. But I am back. Uh, I have not quit. I was just really, 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 really tired, uh, <laughs> and then really, really, really distracted. I mean, I I have. It's hard when you are busy with all kinds of big life events like uh, that. You sort of, you know, I haven't seen my books in uh, three months because I had to pack them all up. About 2,000 books, about six six six-foot bookshelves worth, uh, and I miss my friends. 
You know, it's it's amazing that when you are not reading, you are not going online to check the news, you're not listening to podcasts, you're just kind of focused on other stuff, your life basically, how few ideas you have. Like people, it's content creation is about constantly inputting things into your head, sparking new ideas, uh, and I've just been kind of empty. So I appreciate all the uh, great guest hosts that kind of filled in. Uh, I will be a little spotty in December for a couple weeks as well as we go get married and go on our honeymoon, uh, but I feel well rested. I, I was extremely burned out <laughs> for a lot of this year um, and uh, just kind of getting my uh, my groove back. So thanks to everyone who has uh, you know filled in, and, and thank you for listening, and uh, thank you for those of you who actually kept the feed subscribed. I mean, the, the hard part is that when... You have so much choice when there's a, a break like this. People don't tell you they're leaving. They just leave. Uh, so uh, I appreciate all of our, our listeners who have uh, stuck around and, and are back with us. Um, thank you especially to our patrons and uh, everybody that supports this program, uh, especially our $100 a month members, John Pusillo, Casey Feldposh, Lars Nordskog, Jakey Dell, Matthew Durbin. Congratulations, Matthew. He just got uh, married in, in a beautiful setting, sent me some great video and pictures. Reinhold, Christy Avery, and Jason Doolittle. Uh, and uh, thank you to our new advertisers. We've got several new advertisers that have just come on board. Please check that out in the show notes. You can see uh, their names. Please support them. When you support our advertisers, uh, you let's say you hear an advertisement on Rimzo's podcast. Rimzo gets that money. Uh, so this is a great way for our hosts uh, to start to get paid. So please check that out. Um, now, the cool thing about this show, Harry and Reinhold, is that listeners get a window into the future. And we are often misunderstood because we're two years early. You heard about ISIS first here on the program. Uh, you, you know, last year, some genius said, why are you all worried about Joe Biden? Joe Biden's going to be ripped apart by his own party to the point of being completely ineffective and isn't going to get anything major passed as a result because his own party will eat him alive. And as in trying to ingratiate himself to that more progressive wing, he's going to go too far and propose too much and lose the voters. Well, lo and behold, yesterday, Joe Biden's approval ratings are lower than where Donald Trump's was at this point in 2017. Uh, he can't he this package has gone from 10 trillion down to 1 trillion and, and ever shrinking and trying to get something passed. Uh, so, you know, obviously score one for me there. Uh, and we've also told you for years that Facebook is manipulating your behavior for personal gain. Now, that's no secret. But, you know, when when I I told you uh, over the last year, like, we've checked out of our Facebook page and our Instagram because the only way to be effective on it and to get any any kind of engagement is to be offensive. You know, we've talked about when Ryan Lindsay was still with the We Are Libertarians crew and was posting how uh, his, his posts would anger our audience and get a million views on it. And then we'd post an article to a podcast that we've done here and get... 500 people looking at it. Uh, it's absolutely no secret that the way that the Facebook algorithm has worked over the last couple of years is that it incentivizes content that makes you ticked off, that may, that's offensive to people. 
Uh, it, there's just no doubt about it. It's something that every content creator knows. Uh, and the there was a Facebook whistleblower, which let's define whistleblower. This is not a whistleblower. <laughs> like, uh, good on her for telling us all what we already knew, but Francis Hagen uh, has come out and leaked some documents, went on 60 Minutes, testified in front of Congress, uh, and basically leaked this study that was done by Facebook about the impact that their product has on users uh, and is doing interviews and has kind of helped senators figure out a path forward on how they can attack the free market, which, listen, or f- the freeish market. Um, and, uh, you know, a whistleblower is somebody who... Uh, a Julian Assange or an Edward Snowden who's going to face serious consequences, uh, not end up with uh, fancy profiles on 60 Minutes, in my opinion. But she confirmed basically what we've been telling you is is that the shift in 2018. So in 2018, we used to have significant reach on our Facebook page, on all the Facebook pages that I manage, which is probably about 10 Um, Some of them are very, one of them is very large uh, in the hundreds of thousands of likes. And it's not a political brand. It's it's a comedy brand. And we were going from getting 60,000 views on a video. They made an algorithm change in early 2018 uh, in response to, uh, you know, the anti-Trump march. Uh, And you we were getting like 5000 views the next day. I mean, it was just a they flipped a switch on the algorithm and it completely changed everything and they were incentivizing friends and family and they they wanted you to pay if you were a page to get any, any kind of reach to get any kind of reach on the we are libertarians facebook page i would have to give them money which i'm absolutely not going to do uh and otherwise you just don't get any algorithm reach uh you know we have tried to be responsible stewards that has not mattered we are shadow banned or completely hidden across the board instagram facebook twitter youtube uh barely get any reach anymore um for for uh minor minor infractions um are we having network problems harry is that you or me I think it's me now. Hold on. Yeah, I've got 400 up and 400 down. I'm in high definition, baby. Uh, I, I, let me tell you, you want your life changed? Get good internet. Uh, no more You're 70. Also stuttering a minute ago too, so I don't know if maybe some uh, optimization needs to happen on. The oh man, uh, maybe yeah. it's the maybe it's the laptop. It could be the laptop. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's the one problem with like with Mac What's laptops, the, Mac? the not having the onboard nick, so you could just like. All right, thank you, Harry, for joining the program. It was great to have you here. Um, so anyways, back to my monologue. Uh, so y- they incentivize friends and family. But what's the problem with friends and family? A lot of our friends and family are stupid or crazy. And so, you know, one of the hand-wringing, uh, I don't necessarily have a problem with this, but obviously the New York Times and their podcast about the whistleblower uh, had an issue with all the misinformation that your friends and family share. Uh, and, uh, you know, there a lot of this is already known, right? We already, if you watch The Social Dilemma, which I started last night, I don't know if the two of you have watched The Social Dilemma on Netflix. No, I'm not. No. no. All right. Well, basically, it 
tells you what we know, what we've told our listeners for a long time is that you are the product, uh, the advertiser is the customer, and Facebook most egregiously. But all of these social media networks have incentivized they're, – they're trying to change your behavior. Uh, there is a, a book that I started last night. Uh, I think it's called 10 Reasons to Delete Social Media Right Now. Uh, and it's by this guy named Jaron Lanier who invented virtual reality. Uh, and his 10 arguments – for deleting social media basically are, uh, you know, it's going to make you a jerk. <laughs> You're losing your free will, which is kind of the big one. Um, and they and they show you the complete control that Facebook has over their product. You know, they can, they can tweak how much growth, how much uh, engagement, how many advertisements you see. They have a complete uh, view of everything that you do, both now in real life because of your Alexa and your phone in your pocket and, and, and basically every decision that you make. And the, the goal is predictability. The goal is not just to feed you ads, but if they can predict your behavior, they can get an ad in front of you for their clients. Um, and Facebook advertising, Twitter advertising to a much lesser degree, but Facebook advertising, Instagram advertising, these have revolutionized the marketing and advertising industries and uh, have taken a big chunk out of traditional media. Why do you think that the New York Times and the newspaper industry is so hot on regulating Facebook and destroying that business? Because they destroyed their business. So you used to have classified ads. And, and if my dad in the 1990s wanted to hire new employees for his janitorial business, he would put an advertisement in the classified saying looking for help. And uh, somebody would call him on the phone and say, I saw this in the Indianapolis Star. Uh, here's my resume. Um, if you want to sell a couch, you would put an advertisement in the classifieds. Well, the placement of that was a tremendous amount of revenue for newspapers. Uh, not, notwithstanding just the uh, placement of regular advertisements. But as the marketing and advertising industry has gone from Let's just spray and pray and put out an advertisement on TV, radio, or newspaper and hope that the right people see it. These social companies have come along and said, we can hyper-target. We can uh, reach the exact people that you need, and if you're not getting the results you want, we can tweak our algorithms to make sure that you get what you want. And uh, that significantly took revenue from newspapers, so... And not to mention the fact that publishers like me now have a voice and a seat at the table. Do you, Harry, do you think the New York Times really wants to compete with you and me for other people's attention? No, They're the authorities. No. Yeah, and they never wanted that. You know, it's the reason why like gatekeeps everything. I mean, made sure people couldn't do different different things, especially like like regular old school like broadcast radio. They hate podcasters in a way because we can do just about what they can do, but without most of the overhead and we have a voice at the table they're not being gatekeeper by the FCC. Yeah. So something well, that would have happened. They, they did hate podcasting until they realized how much money they can make at it. Mm -hmm. And now look at iHeartRadio yeah. is the number one podcast network because they can now, now what these companies are doing is they're combining their ad platforms for radio mm -hmm. and podcasting and they can sell ads across the board. So 
Correct. And it's a good way for them to like mark, like use the radio to market for their ads. It, it's a, it was something that should have happened a long time ago, right? And would have happened very gently over time, but they had this whole rush because they gatekeeped and didn't want it had to happen for so long. They just said, screw it, we're going to do it, you know? You know, like, it's, it, and then it's just an amazing time that we're like living in that, that they're realizing that they, you know, just stop the gatekeeping. The other thing. Well, I was going to say that's been true against a lot of different technologies. I mean, look at the recording industry, and they fought and fought and fought internet and music sharing and everything else. And now they're like, oh, we can just sell a subscription to our catalog and make a bunch of money, and we don't care, right? So right. It's, yeah. it's, it's people figuring it out. I mean, a lot of people are like, the oil companies aren't going to let us to get away from oil because, you know, that's where they make all their money. But all they have to do is just switch on a dime once they figure it out. Well, and you, sell you electric. And yeah, sell you, you look whatever at they want. You bring up uh, a, a good point about, I mean, content creator is the fastest growing job. Mm-hmm. Why do I need to go work for thirteen dollars an hour and be treated so poorly at a restaurant or some other business when I could sell feet pics and make twice as much, <laughs> or I could start a podcast? Only you know, I have a new podcast out called Podcasting of Platforms. It debuts in uh, this feed every Wednesday, but you can listen to it separately if you don't want all the libertarian garbage gook. Um, but you know, I've been talking recently about uh, the last episode was about monetization. Only one percent of podcasts ever monetize, mm-hmm. but as that there, there's four million podcasts now. Well, that's four. Correct me, my math is wrong. Four hundred thousand people that are making some money off of a podcast. Uh, I have a great full-time job that I really enjoy, and if I didn't enjoy it and have it, I probably would be much more attentive to all of this, but uh, and maybe more consistent through times when my life hits the uh, rocky shores of moving and COVID, but um, I love it so much, uh, but I also make a great second income at this now. Uh, we are able to pay our bills uh, and do things like StreamYard cost us several hundred dollars a year. I never would have been able to do that before our Patreon. I never would. We're bringing on a new podcast called The Paradox Podcast, P-A-R-A-D-O-C-S, by Eric Larson, who is a libertarian doctor. Uh, and, you know, he he's coming on the network, and we're going to be able to uh, afford to add another show in the bandwidth because of our patrons, right? So because we are able to monetize... We, we can start to grow something a little bit more robust than just me, Harry, and Reinhold sitting at my kitchen table uh, once a week. You know, we can, we can do more. Um, you know, the, the, the affiliate revenue, and I hope I'm not speaking out of turn, but the affiliate revenue that Brian Nichols brings in allows him to afford extra people to help him with what he's doing. Um, I have an a, assistant producer now that I, I pay that helps me with some of the editing and some of the posting. That's because of that that new revenue stream. So these alternative revenue streams on the internet are uh, extremely beneficial to people uh, and and really help that 1% in, in YouTube and the YouTube world. I mean, I saw some girl that does like book pod, book YouTube, booktube or whatever. Mm-hmm. She's probably making 50 grand a month. <laughs> Yep. Like that's life changing revenue. That's generational shifting revenue if you you spend right. it the right way. You know, Harry, yeah. you're in the Twitch world. Some of these people, you know, the the gaming industry is yeah. enormous, and you don't need a lot of people on Twitch following you 
to completely change the trajectory of your revenue. So why go be abused at a job when you could play video games and make revenue? Correct. Yeah. You could sit there and get abused for like what $12 an hour, but you could probably make that exact much just working all the time, like eight hours a day, sitting at Twitch all day, just playing a video game or streaming or talking to people or just in live with your content. You know, not necessarily like everyone can do it, but not everyone wants to put a microphone in front of their face and get a camera and start gaming. You know, it's, it just more of a gives people opportunity to do different things. It just shows that one, how much like the riches of America that we actually have that like we want to be entertained. We have the ability to be entertained and we want to and we're willing to pay for it, you know. And and there's so many different venues that like there's so many things are out there that most of the old school gatekeepers wouldn't even thought of to put on the air. Like the whole we'll, we'll bring this up. Uh, we're gonna eventually do an episode on parasocial relationships. I like, used talking to uh, uh one of the uh the co-hosts uh, Vincent about this tonight about this episode, like uh, with like the whole like VTuber and like the idol stuff like that. It's just the, this idea that like no one would would think to like hey people would pay money put this on the air and pay for all this technology you know a lot of the different things that we'll talk about later for like like the metaverse is like that was all started because like someone was online like hey i got an idea for you know to make money or hey let's just do this to hang out this yeah. will be fun this will be cool no the 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 uh the book you know i'm watching this youtuber and i'm i love books i love reading and uh this this girl uh I'll have to find her name or what yeah. what her channel is just to give her a shout out because I found it, it fairly interesting. No, yeah. no television company is going to give her a TV show necessarily, but uh, it's Murphy Napier, M E R P, yeah, M E R P H Y. You know, just uh, seems like Check a very rule of time reviews. Yeah, so she's you know she's making great income. Doing something that she loves, feeding an audience of several hundred thousand people that, I mean, let's be honest, her reach is way bigger than CNN and Chris Cuomo, but CNN's never going to put on a book television channel because they don't think that that's broad enough. Uh, right. And so the the these services have all benefited content creators. I mean, at the end of the day, I am an attention merchant. We are attention merchants. My job is to get attention for myself, for my friends like Harry and Reinhold, for uh, the people on the We Are Libertarians network. I am paid handsomely by people like Miss Pat and uh, the Bob and Tom show to get attention for them using my skills. Uh, I am here to get attention for the products and brands and people that I work with, the ideas that I am trying to sell you. My job is to get you to listen to create a brand and a, a, a community that you want to engage in. Uh, I feel no shame about any of that because look at all the great things that have come out of the We Are Libertarians podcast network. You know, Eric Larson's excited to join us because he, he saw some of the pictures of the pool party. You know, the 50 people that came in this summer that have built friendships over the internet and through this shared project uh you know my fiance i met through this right uh you know there are several marriages that have come out of this community um you know i have great friends in people like christy avery and matthew durbin and jason doolittle you know people that that fund this project we have we're we, you know it's more than a donor relationship we're friends um you know so that that demand for attention that skill set is not net in, inherently negative Sometimes there's a negative stigma on people who are just attention-seeking fools like myself. Maybe if my dad had just paid more attention to me. Uh, but 
here we are. <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, and so what do you do with that when you build an audience? That's the the main reason that I hate Donald Trump is that I have I have spent 20 years as an attention merchant trying to build audiences, trying to build attention on a certain uh, brand or the Libertarian Party or the Advocates for Self-Government or the We Are Libertarians podcast network, whatever it is. And once you have a community of people that trust you, how do you treat them? How do you handle them? Do you treat them like uh, like garbage? You know, is that commodity basically? Uh, is that group of people uh, just a cash machine, or are those people that you care about and want the best for? Right. So one, right. we have talked about the choice that we have made here at We Are Libertarians uh, in some t- some ways to be boring. Um, I've got a, a hot episode on health insurance coming up, boys. Uh, It is, you know, when you think, like, what is really going to get the downloads and the clicks, it's not health insurance. It's, you know, why why Fauci is killing dogs and he lied about the pandemic. That's that's going to get me way more clicks and way more listens and, you know, selling some bullshit to an established group of people that actively makes them angry and upset. That, that's going to get me paid better. That's going to get me more attention. That's going to get me more listeners. That's going to get me more patrons. But is that good for those people? You know, and Donald Trump basically just treats his the people who trust him the most in the most cavalier, careless manner and violates the core tenet of, of broadcasting, uh, of attention merchant, merchanting, mercantilism, I guess. Um, you know, how do you treat your audience? Uh, that that's why I disagree with. It's not that I disagree with the the politics of a lot of my colleagues. It's the way that they they treat their people or the way that they look at this business. Um, and that's my problem with Facebook. Facebook doesn't treat you like a a, a valued uh, partner. They treat you like a cash register. So they will do anything to manipulate your behavior, change your brain permanently, so they can sell you stuff. Uh, they have treated, and the first sign was how they treated their business partners. People like me and all of my pages that I manage. I mean, I was number 19 million on Facebook. There's like, what, 3 billion people that use Facebook now? I mean, I couldn't wait to get into this 15, 16 years ago uh, and just became a super fan. I built a career off of the back of Facebook, and that's where the majority of my audience is. And... You know how they have treated their business partners, people who were super fans? Well, okay, get hooked on this algorithmic product, right? So get a page. You need a page. You need a page. We'll give you a ton of lift. Build a big page. Oh, pull the rug right out from under you. Okay, now we need you to do live video, live video, live. Oh, pull the rug right out from under you. Uh, They don't care about the people that pay them money directly or bring attention to their platform. What makes you think that they care about the regular user that has no power? Uh, you know, and I find that they are the most uh, obscene of the companies. I think Jack Dorsey, on some level, does care uh, about free speech and does care about his users. I think uh, YouTube. I think they actually are wrestling with the fact that they're they're kicking people off and demonetizing people. Um, they're they're, uh, they don't. No, no. Alphabet, Google, Alphabet does give a rat's butt toot 
about them. That's well, was a regular YouTuber. The regular YouTuber that AlphaGoog used to bring up YouTube. I say AlphaGoog because Alphabet owns Google, uh, owns Google, which owns YouTube. Right. AlphaGoog. So they don't really care about them. They want Hollywood elites to come in. They want the Will Smith and the like and Jack Blacks to come in and make their stinking YouTube channels and do all that stuff. They want to be with the cool kids table. You sit there YouTubing in your basement, unless you're in California and you made you're from a rich parent family, they don't really care about you. I don't th- yeah. I don't think they care about it. I mean, I, I rescind you're right. I rescind my comments. I, I went to Joe Rogan in twenty nineteen with Miss Pat talking to Jamie. I'm like, so when you have a problem, oh, well, you know, when you have a problem, who can you reach out to? I don't know. There's like five people. They all have different answers. They don't, you know, this is when Rogan was like top five channels. They didn't <laughs> care about what, what was going on with them. Um, so, yes, I rescind my comments. But Facebook, I just, I think, is the worst of the bunch. I think Mark Zuckerberg, look at the sweet baby rays. Quit sharing the sweet baby <laughs> rays bullshit. This is an attempt to humanize a person that has time and time again been brought problems with his product and showing that he is harming people and has chosen to do the opposite of the right thing. Uh, And the sweet baby rays on the bookshelf thing is some lame marketer, some, you know, Silicon Valley ad agency's idea of something that will go viral because let's face it. The commenters on any post can't help themselves. This is this is one of the things that, that Trump understood inherently and that I will do occasionally just to get your comments. Why do you like your own post? Because you just commented and said, why did you like your own post to make fun of me? So I get a little engagement boost. Oh, Kofefi was not... Kofefi was intentional. He misspelled it accidentally and probably left it there because he knew several thousand people were going to comment and make fun of him about Kofefi. And I, you know exactly what I'm talking about and where it came from when I say Kofefe. <laughs> you, you, you misspell a word or you put a fact that isn't an egregious misstatement of facts. It's just sort of a slight error to get people commenting because you get the extra engagement when you get more likes and comments. Mm-hmm. Right. Just, you, just type in the wrong, the wrong there. Right. Or or bring up which which uh, operating system is best. Yes. Or I mean, there's all these trigger. Um, things that you can just throw out there to get immediate uh, attention grabbing. The new the new I'm- algorithm trick is commenting on a big page. So I I I am now getting alerts in my notifications saying Joe Biden has a new post. Would you like to make a comment? Because I've just been commenting and shit posting on Joe Biden's posts, and I get hundreds I- of likes on some of these. And what's funny is that that gets shared out to your friends. So right. I have friends who, who are going after uh, Joe Biden. So I end up seeing all of his posts in my feed. Right. And I'm like, I don't want to see this in my feed. <laughs> quit commenting. So I'm yelling at my friends to quit commenting on it because I want that stuff out of my feed. But it's just not the way it works. So. Old man yells at Facebook friends. No one listens. <laughs> no, well, no one listens to me anyway. But the, <laughs> the, the thing stop is. From talking. <laughs> it hasn't stopped him yet has it harry and you can curate an online experience in social media that isn't completely 100 percent toxic but it takes a lot of work and you have to want to do it it means basically is- not being seen uh and so that's exactly what the whistleblower basically said is is they they 
Um, many of you may not want to listen to the daily, but I would recommend going and listening to the daily podcast about the Facebook whistleblower. They did a good job of summarizing what she said, what she's testified to in front of Congress. And, uh, basically, uh, th- there was a study done in 2019, 2020 by Facebook that found two major problems. First is surveys of young women specifically that use Instagram who basically talk about the mental and emotional anguish of using Instagram whistleblower activist, Harry points out true. Um, uh, you know, the, Hagen has worked at all these different social media companies and just talked about how Facebook's the worst and how Facebook, you know, Zuckerberg would like pump his fist in the air at the end of a meeting and say, you know, company over country, you know, and this is in, in keeping with his character time and time again, Harry, we've done on this show, Facebook conversations where Zuckerberg has been, I mean, the whole idea of Facebook was stolen from the Winklevii. Like yeah. the the whole thing is just a ripoff. The guy is a mm-hmm. crook. He yep. is a piece of garbage human being. Yep, he's a crook. He st- stole most of the, everything like that. And then when he got everyone hooked it on that, he he took the federated code and then put up the wall garden. Yep. You know, he threw the garden up, you know, and locked you in. You know, the moment you got suckered into the whole thing, and that's why like what, this whole like metaverse thing is really really like setting me off because it, it is like one of those things is like oh. He's going to do it again, and these people are going to walk right in. Yeah, and so we're going to talk about Metaverse after the break, and Harry's going to rant. Um, But just to finish this this thread here before we go to break uh, and uh, sell you some products so we can make money to fund this project, in full disclosure, um, the, the, the findings were basically that Instagram... Like, if you are, uh, uh, I'll never forget, Levy Rainey, who uh, was a co-host on Liberty Explained, once had a hilarious post years ago that said, me on Instagram, and it was like this glamorous model shot, me on Snapchat, with her with just looking like, like you know, a, a southern NASCAR driver. It was It was hysterical, it was a great post, but it's true, like, Snapchat incentivizes some authenticity. And some silliness, and because it's direct, it's not, uh, it's not polished and algorithmic. Whereas Facebook, this all these leaked documents show that Instagram incentivizes, you know, the highest level of beauty standards possible, uh, and we, you know, to the point that it's it's a caricature of the Instagram mom, right? Uh, the the you know the every fall we see the picture of the several women lined up in their Instagram influencer outfits that they bought at target with the hats in front of the, mm-hmm. the fall and the pumpkin spice joke is made like, you all know exactly who I'm talking about or the fitness model influencer types. Um, the, the, the problem with uh, Instagram, according to this Facebook study and this activist is basically saying that this is all intentional and it's all to sell you ads, and these influencers are uh, a high. And I'll tell you, the uh, we at one of my jobs were selling some T-shirts. We posted to a Facebook page with uh, three hundred thousand people a link to these the, the sale on T-shirts. We sold one 
off of Facebook. We sold 30 on the Instagram swipe up to 30,000 Instagram followers. So the Instagram stories specifically are this incredible uh, a driver of sales. So Facebook Instagram story advertising just has exploded because of its effectiveness. So they they incentivize keeping you on the product and they have total control over it uh, and how long you stay on there. And so basically the recommendations through this, uh, this survey from inside the company said that we should make these changes. So for instance, instead of the, the feeding of these certain things, you go back to the way that the news feed used to work, which was chronological posts instead of the curated AI posts. And it would end up costing five hours of attention on Facebook because currently every two people who use Facebook are on Facebook products two out of every five minutes, which is insane, right? And so they, uh, Zuckerberg made the exact opposite choice. He said, well, I can't afford to lose that much attention. Uh, and so in April 2020, he decided to change nothing. Uh, the other prong of this is the mis- misinformation piece that we're all familiar with that I don't need to go in into. As libertarians, we're all very keenly aware of how much we get throttled on these platforms because of misinformation. Uh, you know, the New York Times podcast is basically talking about how we only need to share things that are, are sharing CDC-backed information. Uh, okay. Uh, so we've done a million episodes of that. We don't need to dwell on it. You You get immediately. But... The way that Hagen, the whistleblower activist, is setting this up for Congress, the way that the Congress folks are moving, is like regulating tobacco. Uh, that you you are permanently changing the brains of of young women and and young people, and we need to protect the children and force these companies to make changes to their algorithms uh, and regulate these industries, which. Okay, good luck with that. I'm sure you'll be successful because nobody is more technologically literate than a bunch of 75-year-old senators who are asking about Mark Zuckerberg about their personal Facebook page. Um, but plus, plus how, much, how much has that regulation actually helped over the years? Because this right. is not a new thing. I mean, we had Hedda Hopper back in the day doing um, gossip, and that's how she got all of her attention and, and money and advertising and then all the way through i mean news media has been that way for decades they want to get your eyeballs so they put out the articles and the stories and the news that get you excited and revved up they don't share you know real detailed technical stuff because nobody wants to see that sort of thing right so they don't want to um, see that code that walled garden code put into the public register and, and Harry was talking talk about in- we talk Instagram and we had Vogue for how many years we've had supermodels for so long. We've, mm-hmm. This is all stuff that's been going and progressing for decades and decades and decades. It's just human nature at this point where people have realized and, the, and politicians are, are the worst at it. So I don't know how they're going to regulate it because they're the ones who utilize this whole technology and, and thought process themselves where they want you engaged by getting you so upset about some stupid little thing because it's easy. I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to get into a debate with you on this because you're wrong. But <laughs> the sensorial impulse backfires every time. 
is when we said if you ban Alex Jones from these platforms, you make it more attractive and more people will seek it out. And since Alex Jones was removed from all of these platforms and, and you know, memory hold and people were sent to Parler and sent to Gab and sent to all these, you mm-hmm. know, the people like Maya Axton who used to be on this program, they have been banned from Facebook for many, many years before 2017, 2018. You know, they've been in, in the, the little holes in the internet that only Harry can get to for a long time. Uh, but... You know, so you know you're you're banning you know these dangerous people and sending them into it's it's like when when you get a kid who uh, Rupert used to explain to me when he works with the people who young people who are getting out of prison, you just end up sending them back for parole violations to learn a better class of crime from a better criminal, right. and that's basically what we've done with banning people from these social media platforms, and is. The Alex Jones mindset more pervasive today than it was when we removed him from these platforms three years ago, two years ago. Hell yes, it is. Absolutely, Harry. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, ten times full. It's it's over. Like, there's more of them. It's actually like, and before it was like, okay, they trick. You know, someone shared an info wars or a prison plan. It's like, all right, I can talk to this person. I know where they're getting their info from. We can talk to them now. It's just like. Moderation was moderation was done by you and me in the comment section. If you shared an Infowars thing, your friends were all over you for it, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they were corrected. They were checked right by their yeah. friends, the people that they trusted. And now that that doesn't happen, and so the mindset has. Per- so I don't know how the government will screw this up and make the problem worse, but you and I both know, Harry, they will. Oh yeah, correct. Especially when you got the government saying like you press F twelve, you're hacking. You're you're getting the HTML source code. You know, if we have government officials saying this, come on, it's just going to go ten times worse. The other thing is with it is like the government has the power to actually do something about these social media companies, but they just kind of like just do nothing about this thing. Why? Thing that- Why do you think? Because that's where they funnel all of their money to advertise now. Right. Because like to, to be Bill Gates, I understand that you got an antitrust suit on you for a web browser, yet Alphabet and freaking Facebook is sit there and own all these platforms. And like, I just did a web browser. <laughs> I just installed my web browser on my operating system. I'm the issue and need antitrust. These bastards can own like five different like social media platforms and and own own the ad agency, own the freaking <laughs> the search engine, and the place that people put the freaking like the the, uh, the videos on. Nope, no antitrust there. Nope. Let's go to Amazon. I own the servers. I own everything on there. Nope, no antitrust. I'm also going to ship you the microphone so you can get on my on my platform. It's bull crap that they're just allowing this to happen. Like, no, nah, no, nah, this is fine. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Sorry, it's that. No, no, no. You know, go, go. It's, it's that. <laughs> it gets me. It's like what? What are the, the, what are the kids say? Uh, go off, King. <laughs> you have the ability. They have the ability to run these antitrust plans. Well, we'll just because they use the government to, uh, like, it was like, well, that's unlimited. No, they use the government to have what they have. They use the use the DMCA. They make it so they can get subsidized federal grants and programs, so they can make sure they outpace you on stores and bandwidth. So you can't even think about rivaling Amazon or or Alphabet to try to do anything that they're doing. And the only regulation that Facebook is at, end up doing because no, if they don't multiply and get something in front of them eventually facebook is going to go down if you watch if you watch uh, politico they have all kinds of newsletters um and they have one for lobbying if you watch those newsletters facebook has significantly stepped up their lobbying over the last three years 
Do you think that's because they're trying to ward off regulation or because they're trying to craft it? Right. Because they're going to cement their place in the marketplace. Yep. Because the other social networks are out there. They're all out there. And 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 people talk about, like, some people haven't left BBSs. You know, there's still people using bulletin board systems are out there. People are still building their own things and going out that. And it only takes, like, something to happen to make one bigger than the other one. Or just the understanding, like, you know, like, you know what, we're going to leave this one behind and go to this one because, uh, oh, this breach here destroyed this thing or anything. A lot of these things can happen. Sorry, just Uh, Yeah, so when we come back, because we do need to take a break here uh, and support our great advertisers, when we come back, we're going to talk about the metaverse and we're going to talk about what we do about all this. You know, because if we don't want regulation and there's clearly a problem, what are we going to do? So... Stay tuned through the break. We will be right back and we'll talk about those topics here on the Chris Bangle Show. Welcome back to the Chris Bangle Show. My name is Chris Bangle. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you to all of our patrons for making this possible. And thank you to our brand new advertisers. Obviously, we've had Rightly, the Rightly Podcast Network, with uh, right now with Stephen Kent. Uh, but welcome to Q Sleep Spray, Pillow Sonic, the Sound Mind Creative Group with their movie, Follow the Science on Lockdowns and Liberty, and Thought World, a new uh, s- polling site that you can go and check out. Check out the show notes on this episode. Check out those uh, different sponsors and uh, supporters of this program. Uh, now... Uh, we had a comment. Jason said, sounds like crack dealing. Uh, yeah, kind of. Get people hooked on your product, manipulate their behavior, uh, and scare them into, you know, one of the things that they found in that Facebook survey was that girls, uh, that young women are afraid to not use Instagram because they don't want to be ostracized from their community and get left out of things. Obviously, we still use Facebook. Why? Because that's where the people are. Uh, and so it's if you know the 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 reality for this program is that when our Facebook group of twenty five hundred people got killed earlier in the year, we have not had the same level of community and engagement, uh, and and camaraderie since that group got killed off. I mean the the entire vibe around the podcast it, it feels very isolated. It feels very uh, we we don't you know, get the same comments. We have uh, the not walnuts group, um, you know, with 200 people, but it's just not the same as a deeply ingrained 10 year old Facebook group dedicated to uh, fans of this show. Uh, And it's been very isolating for our hosts, for the network We're we're just not in touch with our audience in the same way. And and it's really a bummer to be honest. Um, Obviously we have the discord, which is great. Um, you know, if you if you if you love this show, write in, Harry, because, uh, you know, sometimes you're just like, man, is anybody listening? Because, you know, when you're not on social media, you're kind of invisible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the thing is like and Discord's a perfect anytime that uh, it has been shown that t- Discord really hasn't done it as much as the other social networks. But to, to snap, you know, like like 
Discord channels. It's like, nope, they're gone. It's the simple fact that if you don't like control everything, you don't, you know, you you have no control. That's the one thing. That's the most one of the most egregious things that Facebook ever did when they got all these small shops to make Facebook pages. A lot of them stopped hosting their own websites yep. and having their own email service and lists and stuff like that. Like, nope, I'm all on Facebook now. All I have to do these are simple clicks. And then when that rug was brought up to them, they don't have their own sites anymore. They've yep. never maintained them. You know, they've got some old clunky, you know, GeoCity site, you know, and a lot of them even have their own do- electro domain slip. I think like what's one of the trolls that a lot of people have done is gone off and bought, you know, people's whose domains have slipped because they were all on Facebook. You yep. know? Yeah, it's 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 very sad and like it's very telling. And, and also like it, it, it hurts sometimes when you go to like a company's website and they're like, here's my website. You click on it. It's a Facebook page. It's like. I'm not logging into Facebook to view your stuff. All I want to see what you're what you what you were about. How can you not just make a simple HTML page? Go to Wix, don't care anything, just make a simple website. And a lot of people say, well, hosting is expensive. I was like, well, if unless you're having thousands of users, but you have a business address, just host there. Get some Cloudflare, pay an IT technician, a good living wage, set up your website, host your server there, bada bing, bada boom, you're done. All you're doing is just hosting some websites for four three. That's all you need, okay? You know, not, you know, you don't need to, like tons of security on it. As long as there's nothing to log in and click in and send things to people just viewing code, it easily can be done. Yep. Uh, so we got uh, the let's see here. Uh, my well, Ace says so. Muffins is on my lap purring, so I don't know if you can see or hear her. But Ace says my cat is going crazy with hyperactivity. Uh, so sorry if that's my fault. Uh, there's an article in the Business Insider originally from The Independent that uh, is titled, Giving Your Child a Smartphone is Like Giving Them a Gram of Cocaine, Says a Top Addiction Expert. Now, a lot of people, when I shared this article on my Facebook, said, it's not even close. Uh, okay, Chris Galt. Uh, so, concern has been growing over teens accessing or sending inappropriate and graphic content. Many young girls in particular believe that sending a picture of themselves naked to someone on their mobile phone is normal. Giving your child a smartphone is like, quote, giving them a gram of cocaine, a top addiction therapist has warned. Time spent messaging friends on Snapchat and Instagram can be just as dangerously addictive for teenagers as drugs and alcohol and should be treated as such, school leaders and teachers were told at an education conference in London. Speaking alongside experts in technology addiction and adolescent development, Harley Street Rehab Clinic Specialist Mandy Salagari said screen time was too often overlooked as a potential vehicle for addiction in young people. Quote, I always say to people, when you're giving your kid a tablet or a phone, you're really giving them a bottle of wine or a gram of Coke. Are you really going to leave them to knock the whole thing out on their own behind closed doors? Why do we pay so much less attention to those things than we do to drugs and alcohol when they work the same on the brain impulses? Her comments follow news that children as young as 13 are being treated for digital technology, with a third of British children aged 12 to 15 admitting they do not have a good balance between screen time and other activities. When people tend to look at addiction, their eyes tend to be on the substance or thing, but really it's a pattern of behavior that can manifest itself in a number of ways. Saligari said, naming food obsession, self-harm, and sexting as examples. Concern has grown recently over the number of young people seen to be sending or receiving pornographic images or accessing age-inappropriate content online through their devices. Uh, Saligari, who heads the Harley Street Charter Clinic in London, said around two-thirds of her patients were 16 to 20 seeking treatment for addiction, a dramatic increase on 10 years ago, but many of her patients were even younger. 
In a recent survey of more than 1,500 teachers, around two-thirds said they were pupils of sharing sexual content, with as many as one in six in primary school age, elementary school, sending pornographic content. More than 2,000 children have been reported to police for crimes leaked to indecent images in the past three years. So many of my clients are 13 and 14-year-old girls who are involved in sexting and describing sexting as completely normal. Many young girls in particular believe that sending a picture of themselves naked to someone on their mobile phone is normal and that it only becomes wrong when a parent or adult finds out. If children are, su- are taught self-respect, they are less likely to exploit themselves in that way. It's an issue of self-respect and an issue of identity. Um, so Ofcom figures suggest more than 4 in 10 parents of a 12 to 15-year-old find it hard to control their child's screen time. More than 4 in 10 parents of a 12 to 15-year-old find it hard to control their screen time. Uh, I am not uh, Ron Burgundy, uh, but uh, I just read that same thing twice. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I am the step-parent of a a toddler you are you are as well harry um you know regulating screen time it's it's not that screen time is always bad i mean watching blippy on youtube has taught her a lot of stuff <laughs> um yeah. but you know there there is there is an addict there you know there, uh, bedtime i need my tablet i need my tablet i need my tablet and we we've, we've had to really cut that out and move away from that because the the addictive impulse of that tablet of that phone mm-hmm. is there in a child as young as two yep. you know every parent knows exactly what i'm talking about and then you fret over that but i have friends who work in schools as social workers in elementary schools who say that m- a a large percentage of the people that they treat, the kids that they treat, are being treated for neglect. And the only issue the parents have is screen time because they're on their phone so much that the children are suffering symptoms of neglect. Right. And so how do we tell them to get off their screen? You know, And we, we really try hard to, to put our phone just down to not teach that behavior, but it's very difficult. Correct. Especially when our lives were on these screens too. Like I yeah. noticed that that was really hard with uh, with Gunther was just to tell her to get off her tablet. Be like, well, Daddy, you're on yours. I'm like, and I'm like, yeah, I'm on mine, but I'm reading. And then I'm like, oh, she doesn't see. Like I'm reading a book. She doesn't understand the difference. You know, she's like, I get on mine. I'm playing my games. I'm like, especially when the educational learning things is like that. So it is very difficult because it is like actually. I remember like. A locked it out like the, the I, uh, her tablet has like a lock on it that I can set. So like you have to do this much educational groups, you have to do these different goals, or it locks you out, locks everything out, you know. And I remember when she did it, she did she played the game, she did all the, the educational stuff, so she could do anything she wanted on the tablet. And then I realized one time like she can get to Cocoa Metal on YouTube. I know lock it down all the way. You know she can get to YouTube, get to Cocoa Metal. I hate Cocoa Metal, which is the most addictive of all the shows. I hate that stupid right. thing. You know, Kathleen oh, K. On Facebook says the screen time thing is parents not wanting to parent. Period. Yeah. Uh, you know, and uh, I won't go to Kathleen, but she, she understands. She knows. She works in the yeah. child area. Uh, but I mean, it's an escape. People are finding escape from real life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll be honest, uh, Harry. Over the last two or three months, as I've not had my books, I've not had my routines, I've not mm-hmm. been doing the show. I have spent too much time over these last two or three months on social media. 
I have never felt more insecure about my abilities, about my person, about this show, about where I'm at in, in society and in my position. I'm constantly ranking myself against other people. Uh, I'm, I'm angrier. Uh, I'm more emotional. Uh, and it's because I'm spending a lot of time on Instagram and not a lot of time reading. Uh, and I, I find myself trying to read and my brain's going, get back to the, get back to scrolling. And I will just, I will notice that I've just lost 30 minutes or an hour before bed, just scrolling Mm -hmm. and everything in my life is awesome. (laughs) Like if, if long time listeners to this show, if I die, no, I went out on top. My life is great right now. Uh, and why am I just angry? Why am I insecure why am i feeling less than why am i ranking myself so much lower than where i'm at and it's just because i'm constantly comparing myself to other people so is there a correlation harry between the richest society on earth with abundance a lack of scarcity uh uh, things for for a lot of people are really good and everybody yet still is on a pill feels anxious is feels like the world's not good enough. It seems like this is the this is the common denominator is Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone catches themselves doom scrolling. For the people who are like, well, I like my tablet or, or my something like that because I like to read books on there. I recommend getting something that is like single purpose. I'm going to do an Amazon product. Everyone knows the Amazon Kindle paperweight. You know the paperweight. The yeah. so all it does is just read books. It pokes you away from all the other like apps and Facebook notifications. It, all it does is your like your eBooks. Get something like that. I'm not saying like you have to do it the Amazon Kindle, but it does the thing. I love the do. I love the Kindle. You can't attend. I just uh, got a new phone, and uh, I kept my old phone as an iPod. And there's nothing on it. It does not connect to the internet. It just accepts to download the podcasts that I want. Yep. Uh, because I want to be out on a walk and not get that nagging notification. Bing, bing, right. bing, bing. Yeah, so yeah. Kathleen, like I said, who has some expertise in this, says, absolutely impacts kids in so many ways. Attention. Have you seen the stuff about little kids and shows like Coco Melon? It's the amount of time between things changing on the screen and the show, which is under four seconds. Super addictive. And so we've when when Facebook comes out, Harry, and so basically this meta change is uh, Zuckerberg coming out and saying he wants to build a connected reality that includes mainly virtual reality. So you can create your perfect world. You can create your own avatar. You can have cool experiences and exercise with friends Mm -hmm. and uh, connect, you know, beyond FaceTime. Your holograms are having coffee together. Uh, don't follow him down that rabbit hole. It th- 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 that seems like the greatest way to end up. Like, I moved to this neighborhood in downtown Indianapolis. It's called Fall Creek Place. Uh, this is in the center of downtown. Uh, and I will be quite open about this. Uh, I have bought into some of the bullshit that I see online. And then I'm sitting there thinking, all right, I'm a Christian, conservative-leaning person. We're going to move to this trendy, upscale part of downtown. I hope my neighbors accept me and like me because I'm different than them. Because they're obviously all going to be pink-haired liberals with LGBT flags running around trying to vaccinate me uh, with my 14th booster, right? Like, we build these avatars 
based on the one video that you saw, we take the one video that we've seen from the other side and pretend that that is all of those people. Uh, so I'm just sitting here like nervous about moving to this area of town thinking like I'm not going to be accepted as a person who who really like in reality I'm a Mitch Daniels Republican who aligns more with Duck Dynasty than than uh, you know Reinhold. Uh, but I <laughs> you know so I'm I'm I have never lived in a friendlier place. Like, more than Plainfield, where I grew up. You know, we all have front porches, so everybody in the evening when it was nice, we're all sitting out on the front porch. My my little girl has, like, multiple friends in the neighborhood, and we've made friends with the parents, and there's, you know, uh, parks around the corner. Uh, you know, the, the, the woman next door helped start, like, every Korean restaurant in town. The, the woman on the other side is this, like, entrepreneurial person. You know, we've got... I have no idea what their political affiliation is. Any of them, of the 10 neighbors that I've talked to, uh, of the other parents at the park that we've talked to, none of what you see online, you know, I, I, I uh, had a conversation with an Instagram follower who's this kind of right-leaning libertarian, you know, brings up Dave Smith and Tom Woods every time I talk to him and just, you know, your pal Nick Sarwark, uh, you, you know, I'm like, Nick hasn't talked to me. He brought up the Tom Woods, Nick fight. <laughs> and I go, you know why Nick hasn't talked to me until last year? It's because I stuck up for Tom Woods in that. Like he just assumed that I was like some left libertarian. And I'm like, no, I'm a right libertarian who thinks you guys are losing. The neo reactionaries are losing because the country wants a nice alternative to old man McSpendy. They want to trust the right again. They want to trust Republicans. But instead of giving them common sense economic solutions to their real world problems, you want to defend the free speech rights of Nazis and racists. And that's more important to you. That's why you're losing. And you're going to keep losing until you figure this out. And so small business owners get hurt because they now have to try and come up with more taxes, deal with more shutdowns, deal with more problems in... Uh, you know, coming up with funds for paid family leave that they can't afford because you guys lost because you can't get off of the supporting a Hitler salute as a joke. So you guys are you guys are the ones that got Joe Biden elected. Don't look at the, those of us who rightly saw Donald Trump for who and what he was. You put up the wrong options, uh, and none of that matters out here in the real world. You know, this person was talking to me about the split in the libertarian movement. I don't even know what he was talking about because I don't pay attention to it anymore. That's not real life. Nobody cares about all the arguments you're having online. It is completely fabricated. Like the world that has been created on Twitter and politics, it, 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 it's, it's like a matrix has been created and everybody's reacting to, to these little nutpicking videos of the person screaming on the bus and, and, because they don't go out and talk to their neighbors and they don't get out of the internet ever, they think that's reality. And if you go and talk to Republicans, if you are a person from here in Fall Creek Place and you go out to where Jeremiah lives in Newcastle, you're going to find so much common ground with all of those Republicans and conservative-leaning people and unvaccinated people. And if you are from those country areas and you come to where I live, like so many of our family members have in the last couple weeks, going... Wait, this isn't a crime-ridden area with 
you know, black homeless people raiding houses every five minutes. I mean, that's literally like, oh, you move. I, I got a haircut and he was like, you moved to there where everyone is just roaming the streets looking to, to loot your home. It's not reality. You're living in a metaverse. Why would we want more of that? Why would you want to send people further down that rabbit hole? It doesn't make sense, Harry. <laughs> yeah, you moved to that Mad Max area. We right. we understand. No, no. Yeah, it, people always have these like misconceptions on what you're doing. Like I remember when I moved out all the way out here outside of the city, and everyone's like, "You're moving out there." I know. I remember like um, some of my family members when they came help me put my stuff in the house. I was like, "Oh, look at all these Trump flags!" I'm like, "So that guy's very nice. He's pretty big, awesome. He just supports Trump. I don't care. He comes over like you know when we." half pork shoulder it's an it's an amazing time out there when you get out of your house and talk to people that's why i kind of like smoking like barbecuing in my front yard like i try to pull it like on the side because i have this massive side yard like front yard because i also got some frontage but you know mostly my really good big side yard and i like to barbecue out there from my gate and keep chairs so people come up and want to talk to me one because i'm an extrovert two i just like talking to people and bringing other people together you know especially with different political views it's, it's an amazing time you get people out of their houses and just talk you know irl you know put everything besides put your labels besides and just kind of talk you know They're like what's on your shirt what's on what's going on you know you know who are you you know the thing with the uh like that really gets me like with like the whole like metaverse trap, like the, is that idea. This is what's going to like, like it's almost like scary about the whole metaverse thing is that the, 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 the watching the, the bait and switch of the open garden space, like, Oh, we're going to keep this open. We've got the API. You can interact with inside of it. Right. You're going to be able to interact with our server code. You'll be able to take it anywhere through our systems, but you have to log into our system. Do not forget that the Oculus, right? The Oculus quest and all the other Oculus products after so long, after a certain date, you have to log in with a Facebook account that or meta first account remember this is this is baked into the code yes the, not the going anywhere the uh the login mm-hmm. and i have deleted the app so many times on my phone oh, yeah. to put it back on the same day because i couldn't log into something and it was just easier to to log in with the app like yeah so so here here's my question to you both. They've got us. No, they don't. <laughs> All right, no, hold, don't. hold on. Let me read Sherry's comment real quick. Uh, parents are in a tough place when school is online. Now, how do you tell? My daughter's friends did a lot of legitimate group projects online. They had tough classes in high school, so they could only spend so much time puffing around. They were so busy with their different activities that this also is when they socialize because their schedules are so different. On the weird positive side, they now meet online for for their different colleges. So it has pros and cons. There are a lot of good things here, right? Like we've talked about that. We have the We Are Libertarians podcast network because of these technologies. We're talking to, you know, several dozen people in the comments here, reading what you say. You know, there there are benefits to all of this. Uh, the, the the breaking it up is not on the table just because many people kind of feel like why have 10 problems when you have one problem that you can deal with with Facebook um so uh how how do we how do we, you know they're going to metaverse this and try and increase the attention I, I mean in my mind you bring awareness to what these platforms are so you can make better choices for you and your kids 
and it's like cigarettes and alcohol and pot, you recognize that these are addictive substances or uh, habits uh, because addiction doesn't, like that article said, doesn't just take the form. I, I am, uh, it's all about when you, when you get insecure and you aren't taking care of yourself, you're not exercising, you're not getting sunshine, you're not socializing in real life with friends and family, you're not going to therapy if that's one of your good coping mechanisms, you, and you switch to your bad coping mechanisms. For some people, that's alcohol. For some people, that's overusing drugs. For me, it's overeating and overspending. And so I will get to a point where, you know, I really do need that camera for the podcast. It's for the podcast, you know, uh, and that, that becomes an addiction. Like if you looked at my Amazon account when I'm out of control, like my fiance did, uh, that was a tough conversation where I had to come to like, what's going on in me that I'm overspending like this. Why, Why am I coping this way? Well, I'm getting married again. I've been divorced. I, 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 I wasn't solely a lo- responsible for blowing up that marriage, but I played a part in it. And there's a, with a kid involved, much bigger consequences with this. And so there is a lot of terror and fear about getting married again that I had not acknowledged and did not even know was, I was going through until I had to check myself on my addiction. And I've been spending too much time on my phone too much if i'm i'm a a kind of an introverted person if i'm at a social event it is a nice way to escape the social cues i'm picking up to put my focus on the phone and uh you know my my fiance has 10 younger brothers and sisters and if they have a party with another homeschool family that's like 45 50 people that gets really overwhelming for me quick so i'll escape down the phone well, that's not good, right? But it's it's a it's a coping mechanism that you you abuse. Oh man, you know the the toddler is really on one today, and I just need to kind of check out for a minute. You know, all right. Well, what are the consequences of that addictive behavior? Um, what are the consequences of not reading a book and slowing down my attention span to focus on a book for several months on end? Well, the consequence is I don't have shows to do, which means I don't have listeners, which means I don't have income, which means, uh, but it just feels so good to dive back into that candy dish. Um, So you have to recognize that these are addictive. Your phone is addictive. The platforms are addictive. The fighting is addictive. The conflict is addictive. The memes are addictive. And we're now experiencing the consequences of unchecked addiction for 15 years on a global scale, I mean, prohibition in the in the 20s didn't come about for no reason. The amount of spousal abuse due to alcoholism in the post-World War I generation, because those men who, who were sent off to war in World War I and then never had any opportunity to deal with their PTSD, coped with alcohol. And so... Drinking was off the charts in that society, which is why they they brought about prohibition. And so you had alcoholism and addiction on a on a societal scale that was untenable for most people that brought about government action, which led to many other bad reactions other than NASCAR. That was a good outcome. Uh, But Harry, I mean. I don't I don't see the government being able, like in the prohibition example, being able to fix this. It is about each of us being aware of what's happening and 
I don't think there's alternative social medias that are going to fix this problem. It's not just a Facebook problem. It is, I picked up this phone 30 times and it's noon <laughs> to, to escape or to do whatever, right? So right, yeah. you got to be aware of that. Correct. It's all just about being aware. Uh, you're right. Uh, the government can't make a solution for it, but they won't, will not stop them from trying and keep trying and spending money until they get it wrong so much in, in their face. Uh, yeah, the the best solution to like, well, like the solution I can see is just, you're right, recognizing what it is and understanding this. Just like an artist who spends too much money on art supplies and stays in their art and doesn't try to monetize or do anything with their art, it can be a bad thing. Art's beautiful and amazing, but if you just sit around and just create art and don't share it with others or get out get out of your space, then it doesn't do anything. It just sits on your own walls. You know? People generally just find it. So I think the I think it's just managing that time and understanding what you're doing, having a complete knowledge of it. You know, the, if you understand that, like, yes, I spend a lot of my times in front of the five screens that are sitting here in my house. You know, I spend most of my day in this chair with these screens because I work here. I, I also study here. I also learn and practicing because my freaking lab sitting right here. So I spend a lot of the time. So I'm very conscientious that like, while I'm here, this is what I'm doing. I'm focusing on these aspects. And this is another reason why I've been getting back into getting physical books when I'm away from here. So I can pick up, have some of the tactile feel, but I don't worry about battery life. I can just pick something else. And my daughter can see me do something also that's not, like completely on these screens to understand like that, because I feel that a lot of the time she also sees me do it. So she picks up like, well, this is normal. I'm supposed to be on my tablet. I'm supposed to be on the digital screens all the time. And I try to show her that, nope, you can pick up a physical book. You can go outside. We can go for a run. We can get on a bicycle. We can walk around. You know, there's other things that you can do in life to experience it. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, what I'm doing is like the best thing to do because you have to find a solution that makes a balance in your own life. You get to make the choice. It's not some government agency, someone sit over there. You have to make that choice for yourself. Just like you do with alcohol, sugar, carbs, meat, anything else in your life that you have the ability to control. You have to, you know, you as long as you put the chains around things and you understand how things are, you know, you've got power over it. But when it has power over you, you don't control when you pick up your phone. You realize that I'm picking up my phone because it ordered me to by making a buzz noise sound. You know, the best one of the best thing you can do is turn off the like the noise notifications on your on your phone. Just turn them off as turn many off. notifications just, as possible. I mean, I, I have yeah. very limited notifications on my phone uh, because I just it just it uh, it's much less attentive. And I in this new place have been leaving my phone up in my office upstairs. So when I'm sitting down on the couch having family time, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and this goes for TV, too. Like I, I you know, my uh future in-laws don't have a television in their living room. And uh, I was talking to one of the siblings and they're like, I couldn't imagine going over to somebody's house to visit and watching television. Well, that's all my family ever did. And we've got front and center the the TV at our house. Um, And it's the focal point in the room. But like they focus on my my dad. uh, I said that I said, yeah, their family room. They don't even have a TV in it because they talk to each other. And he just goes, that sounds exhausting. It's like, it really is. But, you know, it's, you're building up those muscles of connection and looking people in the eye. And, you know, when, when the, the toddler is there with her aunts and uncles and grandma and grandpa, she's focused on them as people and not on a screen, you know? And uh, one influencer has like a lock box that at 6 PM every night it goes into this box 
and you only get the emergency alerts. I've thought about getting a landline again. So yes, somebody, so work can call me on my landline in the morning. No, no, you get a landline phone and you just tell your phone to forward call to your landline phone number. Yeah. So your phone sits in charge. You can lock it away, put it away in the garage or where you need away from it. So all, so, but if, if someone has an emergency and they have a phone call, they can call you. Your phones are on the wall. They can call it, you know, you know, and then you just give yourself a set time eight o'clock. I'll check, you know, I'll check notifications. I'll check work emails, but, you know, make sure everything's everything's all good. Make sure my morning is not going to get exploded. Then I get ready for bed. You know, I pick a book off and I start reading it, you know, which the book I'm reading right now, which I recommend to anyone who's like, you know, like kind of nerdy is six easy pieces is another amazing physics box. Pick it up. It's amazing. Hmm. Yeah. Hey, Reinhold, do you have anything you want to add here? You've just been listening quietly. Just, I'm just letting you guys go. Um, well, for one thing I find interesting is the whole metaverse thing is basically just second life. <laughs> I mean, we've, right. we've done this ten, over a decade ago, so I don't know what the big deal is. What it's what like, new oh, product? New thing? Oh no! What what new thing has Facebook brought about? To you know, they stole Snapchat. They mm-hmm. they bought Instagram. They bought Oculus. They stole Snapchat features. They stole stole the TikTok features. What new thing have they really brought to the table in the last ten years? He's a thief. He's a crook. This is a corrupt company that does not care about you and your data. He is a drug dealer. If you if you hate, you know, I love crack dealers because of my friend Miss Pat. But like, you know, the, the, he, the he is a drug kingpin. This this man is Pablo Escobar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. like, stop sharing the sweet baby Ray's. Contrite, you know, contrived bullshit, and trying to normalize this person as if he is a a productive member of society. This man was shown a study. We now know that he is actively he is he is a tobacco executive in the 1950s. Mm-hmm. You are killing people. You are hurting children. You are addicting children to your product because they'll be lifelong customers. Mm. Do more mm-hmm. of it. Okay, this man is. I'm not going to say evil, but this person does not have our best interest at heart. And he runs something that is bigger than most, you know, I mean, we have to be really aware of what this person is and who he is and that this is all not, you know, this is all not changing the world for the better and buy into the, to, I, I truly believe that all these companies in the mid 2000s started out that way. Let's make a little money. Then this pioneering technological, you know, enterprise, you know, they it helped sprout so many different industries. Like I've said, everything that I do, I wasn't doing 15 years ago because it didn't exist. So mm-hmm. there's benefits to this stuff. But, you know, people like Jack Dorsey, when they get checked, seem to try and make some changes. Like they're like the, uh, you know, when you go to hit retweet and it and it pops up the thing that says, do you want to read the article first? That has shown to have significant impact on the spread of so-called fake news uh, mm-hmm. and propaganda. Um they seem to make changes every time in the history of Facebook over the last 17 years that Mark Zuckerberg has been presented with an issue that his product is flawed and it needs to change because it's hurting people. He's done nothing. He's made the opposite decision until corporate stakeholders and the media have forced this guy to do the right thing. And because of his obstinance, because of his behavior, now old white men in Washington, D.C., are starting to look into regulating the tech industry. 
We don't want that. We don't need that. But this person is not, a, 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 you know, how he survives as the CEO for, of Facebook, I'll never know because if you're a, a shareholder or on the board of directors, this guy is going to kill your company, the one he created, because he centralizes every decision so only he can make it. Like, mm-hmm. he's just a garbage person. And I'm saying that on his platform. (laughs) That's the thing is that you, you ride that, you ride that uh, train until it starts to hit the cliff and then you jump. Right. That's how you make the money. Right. But I'm just wondering how long it's going to be before all the lawyers who are working for years and years and years to take down the hydrocodone industry. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now that they've succeeded for the most part in getting, you know, recomp and from that and getting some some things in place for that turn their intention on facebook that's it that's interesting so yeah you know uh you talk to any therapist or any one of your female friends in their mid-30s that are divorced talk to them about how porn has drastically dramatically changed the way that men are intimate with women and how destructive that has been towards intimacy and how often porn destroys marriages and how like aggressive men have become because it has rewired their brains in a negative way. And the class action lawsuit, I'm I'm not you know, that's an interesting point, Reinhold. But we gotta start wrapping up because I think my laptop's gonna die here. Uh <laughs> so final thoughts, uh Reinhold. Uh final thoughts is basically as um as Harry said, know yourself. Once you know yourself, once you know what you're addicted to and what your triggers are and what's getting in the way of you having a, a happy and normal life, um, once you realize that stuff, you can make the choices and changes that you would want to make to have a better experience. And that's how you combat watching these people trying to manipulate you. You start to see it. You start to see Facebooks and the in the uh the politicians and the news media when they're trying to manipulate you and give you propaganda and make and turn you against other people just because they want your attention and they want your views. So learn what your things are, identify them, work on them, and then keep an eye out for when the, when those people try to trigger you and, and just, you know, take care of yourself that way. That's that's how you improve on on this, and that's how we all get to buy it. Government action is not going to work. Government action made prohibition worse. They made the the prohibition was trying to deal with people who were alcoholics and you know World War One, like you said. But their actions actually made that situation specifically worse. So that's all that's going to happen now is just we're going to make things worse. Like Facebook's going to increase their their. Um, market share they're going to they're going to keep competition away they're going to do they're going to use that to their advantage because that's how our system is currently set up is that the people who um, have the money and power in business can convince the politicians to protect them to keep the economy going therefore they keep themselves in power that's Mm -hmm. how it's worked for decades and it doesn't look like it's changing anytime soon so the only thing that can change anything is knowing yourself. Yep. Harry? Soapbox. All right. So 
the, the thing with the metaverse thing that is the most scariest part of my, my thing is like it's like some of the things like the some of the cyberpunkish dystopian nightmare crap that has been happening is the whole no screen time screen time thing in, in that video you know granted you know i've watched video game intros nothing's going to be like the video because you know, I've been lied to by CD Projekt Red, Blizzard, by you know other other companies for years about like, nope, that's not going to be like that. But anyways, the thing that really scared me was also the whole idea that Facebook wanted to get an idea of doing these glasses things, so you don't have no screen and the augmented reality. And like, oh, cool, look at this art thing and this all things, all those things are going to do for the video. I'm like, you know, that's going to be ads, right? You know, you're going to have to see ads all the time, right? They're going to like bombard you with ads. Like you're going to have to have a digital ad blocker because you're going to walk around and they're going to be ad, ad, Hey, ad, hey, hey, ad, listen, ad. this is not a charity. The, the every, every job I have is not a, a nonprofit. It is not a charity. Advertising, <laughs> advertising is not a bad thing inherently. Like you, people love the Bob and Tom show. The Bob and Tom show wouldn't have existed for 40 years had it not been for advertising. But there is a set way that the advertising is fed to you that is predictable in mm-hmm. ad breaks and mm-hmm. it is not sneaky it is not Correct. stealing your data to and that's the part where the cambridge analytica stuff starts to concern people there's nothing inherently wrong with advertising i mean i i'm you know i maybe i'm biased but if you put in work you should get paid and the yes. you know the advertising model of free to you funded by people who want to access your attention is not inherently bad, but I don't want one of these stupid uh, uh, Amazon earpods following me around every second of the day. So mm-hmm. listening to everything I do, you know, I probably should unplug the Alexa in every room of my house. But what what can I do? Well, that's what happened. This Second Life is that it became just a big ad dump place. Yeah, mm-hmm. companies started trying to build it in situ environments inside of second life so okay pepsi we have pepsi is now having meetings inside second life that was a thing 10 15 years ago and now if you go into second life and you go to one of these larger hubs that people connect to you just see advertising everywhere yeah it's it's become just obnoxious and that's why people started to leave in that and and really all of this was predicted with the you know um i can't Harry, thing I can't think of the name for some reason. Um, oh, well, uh, not Radio Player One, but the other one. Uh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, where they go to like the ad, like. But you, know, I don't want to like bully. Ads. I'm not bullying ads. The thing is, is like the. It's not like you're going for a product and you're getting an ad. It's just more of a you're a member of Facebook. You've got this gla- or metaverse. You got your glasses on. Ad, 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 ad. No, because, that's the you know, thing in podcasting and, too. And we're we're kind of a little too ad heavy because I'm new to advertising on the show and trying to figure out the thing. You have too many ads in your show. You don't just people just don't listen. Uh, you know, it, if yeah. it gets too overwhelming, people just check out. Yeah. And then there's, of course, like that Black Mirror episode where, like, you know, you've got ads inside your house to help pay for your housing. You know, it's yeah. great. And then one other thing I also worried about, you know, like the whole metaverse thing is like the whole, like, the great, like, what's the, the great reboot that's going on um, that you will own nothing because everything will be non fungible tokens sitting in, in the metaverse. So you, you don't need a really a house. You really just need a, I don't know, like maybe a pod or something that you live in. And um, you can probably just eat bugs because the food you'll eat will be digital and online and look like steak but it'll really be bug and you will be in your pod and you will eat your bugs and you will own nothing and you will like it and 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 that's the thing is we've seen this predicted for decades through the (laughs) cyberpunk community through those stories 
where people would connect up to the to the internet. It was basically I mean, I don't know how we do how we in the sixties are predicting exactly what's going on right now, but they did it. Gibson did it. And people would actually, instead of having helmets and fa- and uh, glasses, they would jack in. Yeah. You would actually plug into a piece of your body that was imported, and it would feed directly to your optic nerves and to your sounds and your sensations, right, that mm-hmm. you could experience theirs. And it was better because it was more controlled. It was more free. You had, and that, and that seems like a contradiction, but um, you were able to do what you wanted to do, but you were also in a, in a, your own safe spaces at the same time. And um, you were seeing beautiful things that, were, that you could even imagine in the real world. So why would anybody spend time in the real world anymore? People would literally in these books, literally buy a pod, they rent a pod and just sleep in there. Mm-hmm. You know, that turned into, you know, the matrix and things like that started right. coming out of that whole, you know, ghost, ghost mindset. But this is all the stuff that people were predicting. Mm-hmm. All right, and, fellas. And it's, it's based off human nature. Yep. All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening to this show. We really appreciate it. Uh, the 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 brand new setup that I've never run before. Uh, the laptop is apparently not powerful enough, and it's about to the the battery power. Uh, even though it's plugged in, is going. And I'm at four percent, and it's going to crash. So. Uh, all right, we gotta go. Yeah, time to time to get a PC. Harry says, uh, "No, this is I got a new laptop, but it was new to me. It's still a 2015. Um, gotta get one of those we new a server oh, in there. I got no. I gotta get one of those new MacBook Pros. It's more powerful no. than my Mac Pro editing machine. No, no, just get a PC to run the stream, and then use your laptop for everything else." All right, we'll talk. All right, everybody, thank you so much for uh, listening to the show. We really appreciate it, and we will see you again tomorrow. Thank you for listening to The Chris Spangle Show. Thank you to Harry. Thank you to Reinhold, and thank you to you.